This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He is Sam Franco. Sam, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, no pace in this week. He is, I don't know, he has kids, so he's doing something. Um, life, life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- which is kind of, uh, it's, it's affected all <laughs> the story of us. You know, of the lately. story of like all the podcasts lately. Yeah, I mean, it really has. You know, I, I know you've been, uh, you know, traveling out and about. And, you know, I've obviously had uh, some things happen to me that have made me a little more busy uh, as of late as well. So, yeah, we're trying our best. And uh, I think right now, uh, you know, our consistency kind of matches uh, Atlanta United's on field uh, consistency. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I'm not even I'm not even like mad to say that at, at this point. I, I think it's safe for us to say that we were just a casual podcast. Absolutely. I, yeah. Because of because of like the turn that life has taken us um, individually in terms of you and I and then whoever ends up being our third, whether it's Josh or 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 uh, or Payson or whoever. Um, whatever. That's just kind of the course that life has taken us on. But I, I, I do find it uh, – well, I don't find it fun. I don't find anything. It's tough to see Atlanta United in the position they're in now. It's it's yeah. not the position that I – you know, a month ago, a month and a half ago, I was like, yeah, I mean, well, I, I – a month, a month, a month and a half ago, I was like, okay, we'll definitely be in a better position where I can talk about, you know, playing the field. We're talking about uh, stuff behind the scenes. Um, and – we sit with Atlanta United just looking like hoop for the most part. Um, and it's not, it's not, not fun to watch really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because this is now the third time we've done this. And when I say this, I mean, you know, you go from Tata Martino and the initial success that Atlanta United had and really, not knowing what failure was being an Atlanta United fan, because in the first season you made the playoffs, there's like, you know, you can count it on less than one hand, the amount of teams that have done that in this league, make the playoffs in, in mm. season. So, you know, you've had that success. And then the next year you go on to win the whole thing. So then Tata Martino leaves and you bring in Frank DeBoer. So you're kind of going back down and you're like, okay, fresh start. Let's see what Atlanta United can build from here. And DeBoer kind of went up, up, and then flatlined really bad. Like, just well, I mean, nosedive. And the same thing has now happened with Gabriel Heinze. You know, there's a lot of optimism going in. Oh, we got this great name. It's going to be great for Atlanta United. And then it just flatlined. And now Gonzalo Pineda, you know, again, I, I don't think it's fair to lump him in and say that, you know, it's, it's not going to work or whatever because he really hasn't had that much time. But it just feels like as a fan – you know, we had this initial optimism, especially after the first game of the year. I mean, that Kansas City game, particularly in Kansas City, has been pretty bad uh, this year, which is, you know, kind of unexpected. But they coming into that game, you know, this is still a team that had Johnny Russell, you know, still a team uh, that had uh, Daniel Saloui, uh, very potent attacking team. And Atlanta United was able to go out, you know, kind of play a very similar 2017-18 style in that game of, of counterattacking and – it just kind of made you feel good. And then you're like, okay, let's give Gonzalo Pineda a chance here to do something. And now right now, just, just right now, based on the way they've been playing. Yeah. You kind of feel like you did in, in some of the worst parts of the DeBoer or Einza eras. Now you're just kind of like, well, is it ever going to get any better? And now with the news of, of Darren Eels leaving, you know, there's a lot more question marks surrounding the franchise, the club, you know, whatever you want to call it, not just on the field, but off the field as well. There's just way more question marks than there are answers at this at this juncture. And it's frustrating. I would kill for the 2019 season right now. As tough as it was to watch, as 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 tough it was to have that be like the first like tough season in Atlanta United history, in the young history of Atlanta United, I'd kill for the 2019 season again. Just because at least we were winning. It might have been, not have been fun, but at least we were winning. Or at least well, we were yeah. having some kind of success in the field that was that was me- well, measurable in the sense that there is, there's, you know, you weren't losing. I mean, hell, you almost, 
hosted MLS Cup for the second year in a row had it not well, been for a bad PK and 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 just kind of like bad luck in that in that playoff game. I mean, it. it well, was, was it Pozuelo? Was he the one that like scored those like ridiculous goals? Yeah, I, I think it was. It, it but just, it's like you you just think about the weird you think, circumstance. Yeah. You think about the good times, and you're just like you got to throw that one in there because as as much as we all did not, oh, well, I think most of us did not like that 2019 season in terms of the style of play. I mean, at least at least we were at least we were close to being there. Well, at least we were there. Yeah. Um, and uh, and right now, I mean, now, the board did I, win a trophy I, I, that year. Yeah, no, kind of a I, meaningless one, I guess. But look, I. Uh, I just I don't even know where to start. There's just there's 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 so much going on with this team right now that it's just I think optimistically you look and look at this and be like, okay, well, there's still enough time in this season. It's not like Atlanta United's hope for you know for for the playoffs is just absolutely out the window. Um Cincinnati is in seventh right now at 28 points, and Atlanta United still sits at 24 points. So anything can still happen. Like it's Definitely still within the realm of possibility that Leonardo can go to the playoffs. Um, I mean, as 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 odd as that sentence may seem coming out of my mouth, um, and having watched Leonardo over the last couple of weeks, as as odd as that may feel, there's still a chance. And if Seattle taught us anything, I want to say most of the seasons they've been success- successful is that the second half has been uh, the second half is. Uh, a part in the season, a part of the season where you can really make that turn around. But outside of that, I don't know where to, where to go. You're finally seeing people go like, okay, you know what? Maybe Joseph isn't the guy we, we, we thought he was. You have other guys going like, well, no, Pineda is not the guy that we, we probably should have brought in for this thing, even though we've had all the injuries and, um, and all that kind of hit, hit him at the same time. Um, you know, you have, <laughs> you have the Rocco's, uh, the, uh, the Rocco, uh, the Rocco Rios, Rios Novos stuff. The people that were all on board of him to 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 give him the shot as as early as 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 they possibly could have. Forget Bobby Shuttleworth and and give uh, Rocco the, the the chance to you know to to get the minutes. Now, now like, retired Bobby now, Shuttleworth. Yeah. By the way. Now they're like they're like nah, maybe Rocco's not the guy we really want to go after all. Like it's just it's this back and forth and up and down type of season it seems like every week there's something something new no it's um, been unreal just anything you know from injuries to you know different players playing to, to any of that stuff like you're you're right and i mean i think you know fans are going to latch on to whatever you know nostalgia is one of the biggest poisons in all of you know sports uh in terms of like you remembering how good something was and then trying like rocco rios novo one one good game against a Central American team that, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you see that and you're like, oh, he's the answer. And it's like, dude, no, he's not. I want to say, I want to say that this match, um, this most, this most recent match is the first one that he's been truly tested, truly like had to put forth effort in, in, in a sense that like, I'm not saying he hasn't, I'm saying that he, it's the first match where it looks like this team went in and said, okay, he's a young, he's a young goalkeeper. I think he's still 20 years old. Yeah. He hasn't been really tested in the sense that like, you know, no one's peppered him with shots. And this is the first time that uh, against LA galaxy that, that, that anyone has really looked at Rocco and be like, I mean, he's, he's, it's not that he's incompetent. It's not, it's not that I'm sure he, I think that there's two ways you can look at, at Rocco right now. Either you are you are with this and you're like, okay, this is the guy for the future. Uh, and you want to go ahead and help him. The, the reason he's still in and, and the reasoning that the reasoning that that uh I almost said Heinze, the reason that Pineda um is I is sticking with him is actually pretty sound. I actually don't hate the idea. The idea that, you know, look, I don't want uh, this change back there when things have been going relatively smoothly. Uh, and I say that relatively, relatively smoothly over the last few weeks, I don't want to create that change and, 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 you know, create that potential, I, I don't know, chaos or disruption in the, in the, in the flow or with, uh, with Godinho. But I mean, I think everyone looks at Godinho like, yeah, I mean, he seems like the obvious choice to immediately step in, but because Rocco has been doing 
again, relatively okay and has looked, you know, it, it's not the reason that Elaine Iron is losing these games is not because of Rocco. Um, now he has missed a couple of moments here and there, but it's not like he's he himself is costing Elaine United points or anything like that. Um, but it was this, this LA Galaxy game where I'm like, okay, well, this is the first time I saw the team since Rocco has stepped in really, really pepper. I'm not even gonna say pepper, but test, um, really prove that Rocco, how do I want to say this, prove that. Um, they're the first team to really test Rocco is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people are starting to see that, okay, well, he, he is young. Um, he is, uh, uh, you do see, you know, maybe the, the gaps in, in the skill set, uh, that maybe that's something that comes with experience. Anyways, I'm going on on Rocco, but I mean that's like the like the one one aspect of Atlanta United that you can go on forever. The other one, no, is I was gonna Joseph. say we got more important things to do. The other one is Joseph. The other one is you know who's the next president. The other one is you know Almada. The, the other, I mean, there's so many. You forget this team is kind of a shell of itself right now, and and yeah. and Joseph re- saying that he wants to leave and things like that. Not that he wants to leave, but you know what I mean. That, that he might not be back if you know. I look keep going look, the way they're going. I I I, I saw it. I mean, I think I I feel like I've said this in the past couple of weeks, but I'm like, unless unless Joseph becomes the old Joseph, which I just I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if this is the right fit for him. I don't I just don't know that Atlanta United, the way that they want to play, the way that they're constructed uh, is the best fit. I, I it, it sounds weird saying that and it sounds harsh and it sounds very. But I mean, you got to remember what these what these players are. They're commodities for your team. And if they're not produce, if they're not producing at the level that you really want them to be producing, at the very least, for Joseph, you need to be producing at a DP level. Mm-hmm. And you're not. That was my biggest thing about with Tito. It's like, look, Tito, as long as he's a DP, he's he's going to be um he's gonna be someone you harp on or should harp on uh pretty hard pretty pretty hard because he is occupying one of those spots for players that are supposed to be uh producing at a uh, at a above average rate. And right now, Joseph is not doing that. Um, I don't think he deserves a DP slot right now. I think he still has to prove he's, he's remotely close to what he was before the injury. Um, I, yeah, that's I, the thing. It's like, you, if you want him the on the team office, for sure, but you can't like, again, you're, you're talking about how hot of a commodity or how valuable commodity that DP spot is. And it's like, yeah, if you're not performing up to that, then an MLS team is just wasting money paying you. It, it, yeah, and it's I just I don't know when it's not like there's a there's a there's a, a near future in which Joseph is back to being Joseph. I I, well, I think it depends on the players around him a little bit. Sure, but it's clear that Atlanta United aren't bringing in players that are going to specifically suit Joseph Martinez's needs. For sure. I think that they're bringing the best player. And, and you can talk about that, too, because I mean, I so I I. I spent a lot of time on um, the DSS speaker after the match and man, they go hard. The game ended at midnight and <laughs> we were on there to like three in the morning. Nice. And I have a job where I have a little flexibility in terms of, uh, you know, when exactly I need to be up in the morning, yeah, but sleep. my gosh, some of these guys, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm sure you have like a normal job where you have to be up at like seven in the morning. You're going to be tired, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it like, I mean, you heard a lot of these thoughts where it was just like, I, you know, I, I, it's just, it's tough to, it's tough to kind of sit there and, 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 you know, talk about Joseph in this way because he's been so productive um, up until the, up until his injury. But I mean, you got to face the fact at some point that I mean, if he's not the same player that he was before then i mean he's not he's not going to be producing at the same same sort of level that you need him to produce and i hate to say that it might be time to cut cut, cut ties i'm still willing to give him the you know the rest of the season and everything like that it's not like it's it's i mean you're stuck with him not, not stuck with him he's here for that's the worst way i could probably talk about joseph right now but yeah <laughs> uh, he, he's he's you know he's here for the rest of the season you know you're going to use him uh but i think that Pineda has made it pretty clear like look um Joseph is a guy that obviously wants to win. Um, I, I think 
I want to say Pineda probably independently and, and kind of quietly has been like, look, you are not the same player. Something to the effect of you're not the same player you were. The best the best way you can help this team win is by coming off the bench right now um, and providing that spark whenever that happens to be. Um, and my hope is that uh, my hope is that in those moments, so in like the second half minutes that he does get, that he takes advantages he takes advantage of the opportunities he has to then become a starter again and that this team works themselves into Joseph being back into that starting lineup and you see progress going that way but again i just don't i don't see joseph being the same player he he once was so whether that's i mean I, I do see it as a little unfair though to go straight it is, it just is, after him because is. again like oh, the rest no, no, of this no, no, team no, no, has no. been injured let me be clear it's just one of like many many things that are going on right now but that's like would would he be in that you know bad form would, would he be struggling would he not be scoring and all that stuff if he had better players around him you know and, and more reliable in terms of being on the field you know if he had a more consistent squad around him that they were able to play together mesh gel whatever I mean yeah this season the injuries have just taken away so much from Atlanta United in the sense that they haven't been able to really perform as a team let me just say in 2019 and this is actually something that surprised me when I went back and looked at it and and I got called out on it uh maybe like the year or the the year after or maybe two years after um, the 2019 season, but in 2019, this is post Almiron. This is post is Gressel. I'm trying to think is Gressel. No, Gressel's probably still there. Uh, but this is the Frank, the start of the Frank Dubois era. This is pity. This is Barco still in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Gressel was still there, but clearly the, we were all crapping on the, you know, the way this team was playing the attack. He still had the 27 style. goals. Yeah. He still had 27 goals. He was still that's producing. Fair. No, at, I mean that's fair. He was still producing at a rate was where it made it made sense to make him the DP right now. Well, I think a lot of the doesn't. time the team was just kind of doing what they wanted to and not what Frank wanted them to do. Like they they were kind of defaulting to, you know, what made them good. And I think Joseph and I think some players on the team even said that. You know, it's like, and Joseph even said that kind of in his comments where he's talking about maybe not being back next year when he's talking about, you know, the style of Atlanta United, you know, and then like the culture, the way, whatever, you know, it's like uh, as much as I go back and, and try to remember how they played under Frank DeBoer, like it, as much as he talked about wanting to have his own style, it didn't really ever appear that Atlanta United really tried that much to be different under Frank, other than on a few areas of the field, particularly in, in sort of the, you know, lack of, positional what's the word I'm looking for here the the lack of positional like um discipline because obviously Mm -hmm. he wanted you to move around a little more but other than that you know it's just it seemed like Atlanta United didn't really you know try to play that much differently so I just it's tough because yeah absolutely I'll totally agree with you there and I I I will agree with you that I don't think Joseph is the 100% same player he used to be but I, I just do wonder how this season would have gone with a fully healthy squad and, you know, n- none of the, you know, hundred percent happening, all that stuff. I, I just, there's nothing to indicate though. I, I'd be willing to give him the benefit of doubt this year because of all the injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the dude has eff- effectively had five surgeries on that Nino. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's hard to come back. It's either four or five. I, uh, cause I, cause what he had four, if I, if my numbers are, are, or if I'm remembering this correctly, I think he had four um, after, well, he had the ACL surgery, the initial mm-hmm. one, and mm-hmm. then he had three after that, right? Yeah. Some like scopes or like you know, right. surgeries. Yeah. Uh, and then he obviously had the one uh, this season, which I forget what that was even for, but uh, maybe more cleanup or, or I don't know, but I think it was a total of five. It's either four or five. My point is going through, you go ask any, any, any professional athlete going through five, knee surgeries of any kind having them poke around it, it anyway uh at 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 that joint and it's not going to feel the same oh yeah it's not it's going to have a some kind of an effect um and, well, and maybe, any injury you can say that for any broken bone you have the but bone's specifically, not going to be the same no, 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 as but ever again i'm specifically talking about knee sur- or surgeries on that specific knee okay S- surgeries on uh to basically opening opening up surgically that area five times 
that's going to have a massive impact on you can come back for it. I'm sure. I think yeah. he's proven that you can come back for it, but is he the same player? I don't think so. Is he going to be the same player? I don't think so. And I think that it's soccer is the hardest sport for, well, I'll say football too, because there's a lot of cutting soccer and football, easily the two toughest sports to come back from, from ACL injuries, basketball also, but it's, it is a little more kind of up, you know, straight running in basketball. So I, I just, I look that that's, that's one one, I, I think you're starting to see a lot of people go, you know what, I, I the blind faith of just, you know, Joseph is this guy who scores, you know, 29 goals a season. It's like, no, that's not Joe that this league, this league in most of sports is all about what you've done for me lately. And Joseph, while he's still effective, I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he has no place in this team. He's not the 27, 28, 29 goals a season that, that, Whatever the high number goal of season, goals of season player that we need or wanted him or 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 ask of him to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know he's I don't think he's that guy anymore. And you got to make tough decisions when it comes to his future and the future of Atlanta United. If you know uh, if you're Carlos, if you're the next president of, the, of this club, you got to you, you, there's a tough decision to be made because I, I don't envy the president of the next president come because he, he's going to look at the, objectively he's going to look at this and be like you know what. I think we need a new DP slot at forward. I think we need a new, uh, a new, uh, a new face there, because I think more people are starting to see it. Joseph is Joseph might not get back to, back to the point where he, you know, where he can be like that. And I'm still all for building the statue because of what he did in 2017, 2018, 2019. But at some point. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, look, obviously some Chipper, players... Chipper, yeah. Chipper Jones could have kept playing for the next five years after before he retired, but at some point would have been like, Chipper, come on, man. Well, I'm sure he wishes the DH <laughs> would have been there like it is now, but, <laughs> you know, I think with Joseph, yeah, I mean, you go back to that run in 17, 18, and 19, I would... <sighs> You know what? I'm just going to say it. That's the best three-year run of any player in MLS history. Like, I, I don't think it's close, like particularly close, because A, a lot of these DPs that have come in, like, are either not here very long or are at the end of their career or both. You know, Joseph Martinez is, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Seattle, I think, had some. with like Ladero and Rui Diaz. Like, mm-hmm. those, those guys were really, really good. And Seattle is a almost, you know, unique situation because of just how great that franchise has been pretty much since their inception. They've had very little down periods. But I think Joseph was the first DP to come in. I guess he was after, um, oh man, uh, Giovinco. So maybe Giovinco a little different too, but that was a different situation because he was very disrespected in Italy and wanted to come prove himself. But I think Joseph might be the first like DP where it was like, okay, not a retirement guy, still in relatively the prime of his career. Um, I don't think people expected what they got from him because again, you know, playing in Italy, they had him out on the wing and it was just a weird situation. Mm -hmm. But for him to come in and score as many goals as he did. um, Yeah. I mean, he's one of the first DPs that I think sort of helped usher in the new era of DP where it's not necessarily a retirement league or whatever, uh, where you're going to actually go find young players that can fill that role. And, and Joseph wasn't necessarily young. I mean, they just look, they just struck lightning in a bottle. Exactly. They, they got, it's one of these three year run I've ever seen. Yeah. It's one of these things where they got real lucky with, with, uh, with kind of right place, right time. And then the right people around them. Um, and Look, this is that's just the Joseph thing is just one thing of of like I think feel like there's like 20 things that are like major plot points of the season. Um look at what he said about Almada and I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, if I'm Almada and look, I'm not defending what I'm not defending Almada at all, but uh off the field Almada, that is. But uh, you know, Joseph basically was screaming about Almada, basically calling out Almada saying, you know he's just here for the money. He, I forget exactly what he, what he was uh, criticizing everybody for, but mm-hmm. he's specifically calling out Almada. And I'm like, well, if I'm Almada, like, am I extremely ecstatic that I'm in Atlanta given the, given the reception I was given the supporters groups don't like him. They're the loudest people uh, when it comes to uh, 
the social media aspect of things. And if upon arriving to Atlanta, you've already got all the negativity around, around you. Why would you, why would you be ecstatic or, or happy or, um, you know, ready to be all gung ho about this season. And, right. and, and that's something to be said. Uh, I mean, there's just so many, I'm trying to think of all the other things that are going on right now. But that's the problem. It's just, it this just team so has so much. much going on on both on the field and off the field. Like, like there's on field distraction and off field distraction. It's like ridiculous. I and and I will say this too for Darren Eels. Look, I understand that this is a huge opportunity for him and he should have taken. Absolutely. You know, you go, you're going to go, you know, run an English Premier League club. That's absolutely great. But from the Atlanta United perspective, we still have a lot of season to go. So obviously this isn't the best timing from an Atlanta United perspective. I would have, I would have, I would have done the same thing he did. I'm not saying I would, I just said I would have done the same thing. He's running a Premier League club. I'm just saying that you can be happy for him, but also as an Atlanta United fan, be like, crap, this is really bad timing. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, he's had to do what's best for him. And, you know, I do want to spend some time on this, uh, show talking about that because you know we can talk about Atlanta United's you know never ending or seemingly never ending issues as of right now until the cows come home but I mean you know for Darren Eels to get this opportunity again obviously super great for him super happy for him I, I do worry not worry even but one thing he is going to have to face is the sports washing question I mean that that you know that's coming um, I don't I don't necessarily from who but Anytime you're involved, look at all these live golf guys right now, you know, they're obviously live golf um, backed by the Saudi public investment fund, which also owns Newcastle United. So, you know, you're always going to get those kind of questions for people. And I know that this is a huge opportunity for Darren and I'm sure he had to weigh that up as well, but ultimately, yeah, he gets to go and run a Premier League club. You know, what, what more could you want, especially being British himself. So um, first of all, Wish nothing but the best for Darren Eels um, in that job. Reuniting with Miguel Almiron, although may not be for long, uh, yeah. depending on you know how all that works out. They may he might be he on. might be in charge of the move. Uh, I was going to say him he might be in charge of selling <laughs> Miguel Almiron and, and Darren. Do us one last solid, all right? Do us one last Miggy, solid. Miggy's not coming back. Let's relax. give us our guys. <laughs> Miggy's not coming but back. But in all seriousness, though, no. I mean, Darren Eels, his mark on the city of Atlanta will forever be remembered. I mean, you know, he was um, one of the biggest reasons uh, that Atlanta United, w- you know, got Tata Martino, obviously. And, uh, you know, one, one of the biggest reasons, uh, not just reasons for Atlanta United's success, but this was an executive that was about as front-facing as I've ever seen an executive in any sport. I mean, how many times as a media member, you know, and we both have experience in this realm, how many times as a media member do you remember talking to the president of a team you were covering? I can only remember one time, and it was with Atlanta United. Yeah, no, I, I mean, most of these guys stepping into a – the situations are different in the sense that, you know, obviously MLS is not as big as NFL or, or Major League Baseball or even the NBA, but um, but yeah, you're right. None of them have made themselves as available as Darren Eels has – over the course of his time in Atlanta. And it's it's refreshing to see that sort of mentality, especially the one thing you got to give him massive credit for is the the engagement yep. and the, the, his his ability to get people in the stadium. His ability, I don't know if it was just him, but it, it, he certainly helped. Um, and he helped create the type of atmosphere you wanted in, uh, you know, in, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, in at, uh, at Bobby Dodd Stadium. You know, it's it's a um, he should be missed and she should be. It's it's a it's tough that it's ha- that he's leaving now where everything kind of feels like it's falling apart. But um, but he should be remembered for the great uh, that he did when it comes to bringing soccer, bringing MLS soccer to Atlanta or helping bring MLS soccer to Atlanta or helping maybe even better is to say it, that helping establish uh once it was established that MLS soccer was coming to Atlanta, helping establish what was, um, yeah. what is, what, 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 what Atlanta United has become, at least That's from 2017 to, to, to now. I mean, this is um, a guy that came down and watched me stuff, you know, 
40 hot wings into my face before an the Atlanta dude, United look, game the for dude. charity and gave me a scarf because I mm. ate more wings than Harris. I mean, this guy was so into it, in the thick of it. I mean, just, just again, you know, one of the, at least from a media member slash fan slash whatever you want to call a perspective. I mean, this guy was, was a plus plus all the way around. The dude drove to, from wherever he was. He drove to the studios. We were doing our, our, right. our podcast uh, from the old, he, he drove specifically there when he didn't have to, we got it done over the phone. Uh, and sat down with us for I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. Like an hour, yeah. And uh, maybe more. Yeah, broke right. some news on our podcast. I feel like he's. I like to think that he saved that specific piece of news. Uh, I mean, it was a nothing, nothing news. It's but nothing it was still news, news now. It was still news then. Uh, broke <laughs> broke news specifically on our podcast, and uh, and you know, it's been the people he's put around him. Um, you know, say what you will about Carlos Bocanegra, but I mean, to start this franchise, everything seemed to be the pieces were were perfect. You know, from 2000, whatever, 14, whenever this was announced, to you know, let's call it 2019. Um, you know, the pieces seemingly were perfect, and everything was going smoothly, and and well, maybe not smoothly. That <laughs> keep forgetting Carlos and 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 Tata didn't get along, but um, you know, it went as smoothly as you could. And nothing was going to be perfect. You know. 100%. But it went it went as great as you could possibly have imagined uh, a franchise starting and I think he deserves a massive amount of credit uh for that and um again it sucks that he's leaving now because it just feels like you know <laughs> it feels like you know you, you want to point a lot of the finger at, at at Darren but a lot of people have also uh, sorry at Carlos but a lot of people have also been pointing some of the fingers or some fingers at Darren as well. Um, in terms of what has happened to Atlanta United since, you know, pick the season, 2019, yeah. 2020, 2021, whatever. Um, but still, I, I think that it's that what have you done for me lately mentality. And maybe that's not something you can specifically focus on, in, in on with, with Darren, but um, there is uh, the the establishment of this club and, and the personality and the uh, you know, and the, the, the hype around everything that, that he is, he should be well-recognized for. Um, and I'm glad to know that he was, I'm glad to know that he was part of establishing that and, you know, and, and, you know, hats off to Darren Eels for, for exactly what he did and for, you know, helping create, you know, Helping give uh, Atlanta United at least, you know, uh, the first three, four years, helping Atlanta, Atlanta to become one of the one of the better soccer cities in 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 MLS in the United States in North America. I mean, it started this. Um, this he helped to get club the world from the ground up. I mean, this isn't the a world club. cup here. Help, yeah. help you know get MLS uh, cup. Uh, help Atlanta United get an MLS, MLS cup title. It's, you know all the things. Yeah. All the things. But I mean, think about this. You know, this this isn't a club that was like converted from a USL club. You know, which we've seen quite a few of those. You know, be happen in MLS. Um, this club had nothing. You know, and, and they were built from, you know, one brick all the way up. And yeah, it's just, uh, it, it is sad. You know, I've got this, the Sarah McLaughlin music playing while like images of like memories <laughs> I have of Darren are like floating around in my head. Um, don't worry, you don't need to adopt a poor Sam for a dollar a month. I'll be okay. But <laughs> just but, but if you want to, he's available. I am, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's going to be tough moving. I mean, obviously... I don't think, you know, in, in a perfect world in a vacuum or whatever, I don't think Darren Eels would want to be leaving Atlanta United this way. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, where it's, it seems like it's, it's pretty far down. Ultimately, you don't make those decisions. We don't live in a vacuum. He got a super great opportunity uh, that he needed to go pursue. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not the most ideal situation, like I said, if you're an Atlanta United fan. But you do have to remember the good times. You do have to remember, again, just this incredibly – you know, engaging, nice, friendly, front-facing team executive that, you know, you just don't really see all that much. And I and I, I will go ahead and promise you now, whoever Atlanta United bring in to replace Darren Eels, you're probably not going to be seeing as much of him in the uh, supporter group tailgates as you were of Darren. Just, just, 
I'm, I'm just going to guess that. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. I, where, so. where, where does this team go, though, from, from where it is right now? Right now, Atlanta United sits 12th in, uh, in the Eastern Conference. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's just so many question marks. You have no idea what's going to happen with this team. I mean, could they make the playoffs? This is MLS. Anybody can make well, the playoffs. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like the Cisneros-Joseph conversation is going to happen as long as Joseph is not 100% the starter. And I feel like uh, – I mean, Cisneros has definitely been a surprise. He's been better than I thought. He hasn't he been bad. Be. I think I think he's not has the Has Dom gotten to five goals yet? Because that was my bold preseason. Prediction. No, I don't think so. I think he's at four. four. Okay. I think he's at Give four. Give me one more goal down. Cisneros is clearly not the finisher he 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 needs to be, uh, because there's there's a few moments, especially in the last couple of matches, where it's like, okay, you probably should have two or three more goals under your belt. Yep. Uh, but Joseph, this is what I'm talking about. Joseph kind of taking those moments that he's he he's given, and um, and taking advantage of the opportunity and and solidifying his starting position. Uh, kind of away from Cisneros, he's missing those opportunities as well. So it's not like, look, you can talk about Joseph all you want, but you 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 start Joseph in all of these games. It's not like you're getting, I don't think you're getting that much better quality of a, of a forward right now. Um, if anything, I would love to see Dom and Joseph start up top and just see how that goes over the course of 60, 60 minutes or so. But then you got to pull someone else off the field. And so that's, that's a tough decision you got to make. Um, I'm trying to think who else or what else is going on. I, the, the midfield has been up and down all over the place for the court. Like over the last three or four matches, they've been seemingly unpredictable. It feels uh, like that's I, the, the the biggest area on the field where Atlanta United doesn't have an identity. Like, I mean, obviously we know what defense. Yeah. We know defensively what they are. We yes. know that, that it's like, it's like kind of a question mark as to whether they're, they're going to be on top of their game or not. I think that, you, you have a, there's a lot to be let yeah, a lot I mean, to be you know what to expect from the defense they're not great you know that's not you know reinventing the wheel saying that and the offense uh, you know the attack whatever you want to call it yeah i mean joseph martinez has his moments the attack has its moments uh but it's hasn't really been free-flowing and, and as like connected as you would want it to be but i just the midfield that is one where from game to game you just don't know what this team's gonna do who's gonna perform and I think you look at the guys like Sosa Moreno, um, you know, and some others, it's just, you, you just, and Almada even, you know, he's kind of hybrid midfield attack, I guess, but you know, you, you just don't know. You don't know what you're going to get from these guys. They're not consistent. And yeah, like I said, not even just in terms of an identity of what you know to expect, but I don't think they have an identity and this might be more of a um, Pineda thing, but what's their goal? Like, what are they trying to do? And I don't see that when I watch this team. I feel like there's this emphasis on attacking uh, to to attack more, or to be more attacking minded, or to or to create more opportunities. And it's it's funny that we all look at this last match against LA Galaxy and think, oh man, they look so so terrible. They look terrible. They looked, you know, they didn't they definitely didn't control the game. I think, uh, it, first of all, I think we all need to recognize that. While Atlanta United did not play well, LA Galaxy also did a very good job, especially in that first half, of keeping the ball away, keeping keeping the ball out of or off of uh, Atlanta United's feet. For sure, they did a great job of, of holding possession, and it did a great job of basically taking Atlanta United out of that first half. Good for them. That that was not just uh, you know they just happened to do that. They planned to do that, and so to, for for. Everyone looks from the Atlanta perspective. It's like, oh my gosh, they played so bad. They played so bad. They played so bad. Give LA Ga- Galaxy some credit. They played great, especially in that first half, taking the ball away. From- I don't know what we left off on. We got we got cut off. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I so I, Moreno to me has been kind of the this another one that's been like, man, what what has happened to Moreno over the course of this season? Um, he just doesn't seem to be a very inspired player like you know his his and i hate you know diagnosing body language or whatever but he just doesn't ever seem to be that into it i guess is what i my thoughts are like you know he's he's certainly you know shown that he's got a good bit of skill in him like you've seen it from time to time like those bright flashes very similar quite frankly to pity martinez you know you would see it from time to time but you didn't see it nearly enough 
And I think that's what the biggest issue with Moreno is right now. He's just not consistent. He's just not showing why Atlanta United brought him in in the first place. I think the difference the difference between the two is that Pity was looked upon as kind of the guy to kind of was looked as the key to make the. He was the next go. Almiron. Like he was like, oh, well, this is the guy not, that's gonna, not even not that, in that sense. Yeah, but. we we all we search. Yeah, a different version of the next whatever Almiron was put, whatever he was supposed right. to replace. The next version, the not yeah. Well, not. It, it, I mean, he was South American right, Player of the Year. I think there was a, a, a <laughs> there was an semblance ex- of that. There was an expectation for sure, but it was a no one was looking at him being like, okay, well, you're going to be a the like 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 for like replacement for him. You know, no one. Well, no, just just in terms of like that figure right. on the that team, that right? feel, yeah. So the difference is that uh, Moreno's not he's not that guy. I don't think he was asked to be that guy, and there are other pieces around him that are more suited to being that guy. So Araujo yeah, or Almada. Um, but just in terms of the way he's been playing and his it's, effort, it's not been everything. good. It's not been good. It's not no. been great. It's been there's been flashes, there's been moments, but um, you know, it's just it's it's tough to. Here's one of the things that that was brought up in in the uh, DSS speaker chat thing after the match that I kind of appreciated. Uh, that was that I appreciated being talked about, and it said none of these players, even Joseph right now and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just not as in tune with what's going on off the field with guys like joseph and 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 maybe the guys that are not uh as central to the starting 11 and whatnot but it doesn't seem like there's a, as much of an attachment to the city as there was before and it's kind of what joseph called out uh, called out everyone for mm-hmm. uh whatever that happened a few weeks ago um it, it does now seem like these players are here to pick up a paycheck and then whatever the next step is. And so I think that's got to change. If you look at the 2017, 2018 season, you brought in a bunch of players that were hungry, that had something to prove that, uh, that it, it was a stepping stone. Yes. But they still like, they knew that this was, a great move in, a great step forward in the career, but it wasn't the last step forward in the career. And so they needed to prove to basically everyone that whatever, you know, that they were ready for whatever was next, whether it was Europe, whether it was um, a bigger payday, whether it was a DP spot, whatever. Um, I feel like the, uh, the, the, the personality that has come with, and, and maybe I'm wrong to specifically point this to uh, on Almada, Moreno, Araujo, um, Sosa, Abara, uh, Franco. Maybe it's unfair to characterize in this way, but it, it seems is that there's there's less of this um, attachment to the city and this love of playing for the city, and more like, okay, what's you know when is when am I done here? What's the next step? What happens after Atlanta? Well, Joseph Am was such a here? unique person in how he completely embraced the city and everything but like that compared did. to like other guys like who, I mean, not everybody's going to be that way. I mean, you know, I hate to throw a dose to reality in here, but you know, your favorite who, athletes on, for, on, for your who, teams usually don't really care where they're playing. Cause it's not where they're from. Who, who wasn't that way in 2017, 2018 though? Who wasn't know, like, well, that's the thing. Like right. everybody bought in and I think it was because it was the first and I think they weren't really expecting the crazy fan support that they got. And I think that sort of, you know, helped everybody, you know, buy in and like that. But I, I would agree now. And Joseph called it out and he was probably right. Um, unfortunately, Joseph is looking at it in a very romantical view. And I hate to, you know, even like burst that bubble of thinking, yeah, all my favorite athletes on the teams I cheer for love Atlanta and, you know, want to uh, make it the best city in the whole world, like all this stuff. It's like, you know, that's all well and good. But I think more importantly, that more important than your commitment to the city or whatever is your commitment within the locker room, your commitment to the team. And that's the biggest issue for me right now is that a lot of guys don't seem to care about the badge. Yeah, I, 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 I never want to hear um, a player. And so this happened with Pity, and this, I think, was happened with Almada. And I honestly can't recall if it happened with anybody else. I would not be surprised. I don't want to hear I don't want Atlanta to pick up a player ever again that talks about in whether it's South America, wherever they're coming from to that media that, you know, well, they don't really necessarily want to go to MLS. They don't want to go to Atlanta United. They had, you know, their eyes set on going to Europe, 
That was the pity thing. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. that was, you start to that hear was, that stuff. That was the Almada trip. thing. That's yeah. that's that's the mindset I never want to hear from a player again. And I I, I think that. But it's, you're going to get that a lot with these young South American players. That's the issue. Like, does that mean you have to change your DP strategy? Because that's what you're going to get. Joseph was not that. He obviously came from Europe. Almiron had Tata. Like, Almiron and Tata were intrinsically linked. It was like, hey, I'm going to come play for you in this new project this is what's going to be great. So that was a whole different scenario. But again, uh, he still had something to prove. What I, what I think the difference is, because Almiron still had something to prove. He still had to prove he was, he was worth the, the, the risk of, of, of bringing over basically to Europe. Um, I feel like someone eventually would have, would have, would have, would have taken the risk on Almada, would have taken the risk on who, you know, you, you could even make the case for Araujo. Um, who else am I thinking? Someone in Europe would have eventually thrown him a boat. I think, I think they got enough notice from European clubs mm-hmm. that they already had that kind of, that kind of, uh, uh, I call it swagger about them where it's just like, you know, I'm just waiting until, you know, that big payday from a European team comes and I can go ahead and cross, you know, I can go ahead and, you know, go about that part of my career. Well, I think part of the issue, too, is that a lot what a lot of these young players don't realize when they start to hear overtures from Europe. It's like Barco was the same way. Barco was the same way. I just don't okay, want to hear. Okay. I don't want to hear any more of these. Uh, I don't want I don't want to go. I don't want a, a Carlos or, or a going after any more of these players that have that kind of mentality. And then they you want hear to be about, here for a year and then move on. Uh, you can be here for a year and then, and well, then I know meant it, like that going into it, you're already thinking that you want to be out like, and not like worried about the team that you're playing for. You know, you're just using it as a, just a, you know, a, uh, some sort of way, a platform or whatever you want to call it, a vessel to get to where you want to go. I want, I want the players that are going to dedicate, be real pa- become passionate about their time with Atlanta United and appreciate their time with Atlanta United. So look, everyone looks at, okay, where's the next Gressel for Atlanta United? That was, I think that was Gallagher and you lost him. You know, you, you want to go find guys like, uh, like, uh, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name now. <laughs> you want to find the guys that have that kind of, that, that, uh, that chip on their shoulder. You want to go find guys like Tito. They're just going to try to boss that that are going to try to uh, find ways to help you win right now. I feel like we have a collection of players that are on paper are really good, uh, but they are not in any way playing for each other. They're not in any way playing to playing for the city of Atlanta. They're not in, generally in any way. Uh, I'll put, of Anton walks, by the way, the- uh, who am I think I, 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 his name is escaping me right now. And it, it makes me mad. It's a, uh, it's Rob's favorite player. Why can't I think of his oh, name? Oh, oh. <laughs> why can't I think of his um, name? Uh, golly, why am I? Oh, see, you lost it too. You lost it too. Oh, All right, no, his, his face is right in Yeah, my, I can look uh, at his face. Oh, man. He scored the first goal for Atlanta United. Preseason against Chattanooga. I, I oh, he scored the first goal as well oh, in, in game against right. Red Bulls. Why can't I remember his name? It's, um, oh, man. Oh, right, edit God, this. this is the worst we have ever been on this podcast. <laughs> edit right now. this. Like, this is for sure the worst. Um, golly, why, why can't, can't I think, think of, of his name? Um, Yamil Asad. Yamil yeah! Asad. There you go. <laughs> Finally. It just you want to go find, you want to go find Yamil Asad, Yamil Asad, who's looking to prove himself, who's looking to, you know, again, same with Julian Gressel, same with Miles Robinson, same with, you know, with everyone. That's the player you need to go after. I'm done. I'm officially done with going after big names uh, because one, LA United hasn't proven they can go out. They can they can properly scout these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they have not done a, a good enough job where they can properly scout these guys and and you know bring them over and then you know have them transfer their success in South America wherever they're coming from to to LA United. I want hungry guys. I want guys that are that are super. I want Cisneros. You know how happy Cisneros is right now for being with Atlanta. He's trying to. You might not think he's Joseph Martinez, and I, I certainly don't think he's Joseph Martinez. But, <laughs> but the dude is playing his heart. He's playing with his heart, playing his heart out. He's trying to. Uh, he's trying to give you a reason to 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 uh, to enjoy 
watching Atlanta United. He's trying to do that. And I'm not saying Joseph isn't doing that, but there are other things on Joseph's mind, on Joseph's mind. Cisnero seems like he is, has one thing and it's like, I want to win for this team. And I think he appreciates the opportunity he's been given. And I think that he is trying to uh, make the best out of that, uh, turn this opportunity into a big, a big thing for him, for his career. And rightfully so I'm not saying abandon the the prospects of your career uh, while you're here. You can certainly have bigger eyes and a bigger future for yourself. And, and, you know, when it comes to what comes after Atlanta United, whenever that happens, but Cisneros is the only player that I can really think of right now uh, that is, I feel like actively playing with, with, with any kind of passion for the, for the city itself. Throw Joseph Martinez in a different bucket because we know he's going to do that every game, no matter what. Uh, but outside of that, Cisneros is seemingly the guy, the only guy on the team that's doing that. Everyone else is kind of like either playing for themselves or playing for the next paycheck or whatever. That's the, that's the, the mentality I might be uh, it might be it sound a little harsh on some defenders you know Wiley I think uh, uh, Aiden McFadden those are other two guys that are like look at this opportunity I've been given let's ball out let's try to make the most out of this that's the mentality you want I think that's what you had out of Tito that's what you had of Yamil Assad that's what you had out of Julian Gressel that's what you had out of Miles Robinson but you know when he as he was kind of uh, maturing um you know that's you know what, what you had out of these players yeah you know what and that's what you're missing right now. Well, what's another mentality that I wouldn't necessarily mind? Guy that needs Atlanta United, MLS, whatever you want to call it, to reset himself or whatever. Gareth Bale is just such a great example. Like, I mean, it's, it's a weird example because Bale needed LAFC as much as they needed him. Mm. And I think that's what I'm looking at because Bale needed somewhere he could go, get ready for the World Cup, play in warm temperatures – Keep that in mind because he's going to have to be playing in those warm temperatures for Wales at the World Cup. Even though it's going to be cooler, it ain't going to be, you know, Chicago in the winter over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be pretty hot. So I think this helps him even train more than playing in Europe would in a sense because he's going to get used to the climate and playing in these really hot, you know, outdoor environments. So um, I think that that is, I, I love what you said because absolutely, I think that you have to start looking more and more for players that want to play for the badge that's on their chest. Chip on their shoulder, I think, is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, but it chip on to- your shoulder can come from a bunch of different things, and I think Gareth Bale also falls under chip on yeah, their sure. shoulder. So, and so it's just and, such yeah, a unique not, circumstance. And I'm not taking away from what you just said. I, what, what, what I mean is that uh, it, it kind of like they kind of like go hand in hand um, in terms of the type of player that you would want Atlanta United to go after. Uh, they are the the type of player with a chip on their shoulder with something to prove, and they appreciate the opportunity they have with Lane. A, 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 a big a big club. I say a big club like Atlanta United, but a big club in the sense that they have the stadium, they've got they, they got the facilities, they've got the. It feels much bigger than just an MLS club coming coming to Atlanta United. Yeah, um, it's the closest thing to you know having the big club, big European club feel that I think can get. Uh, and I say that knowing that there's a massive difference between the two between the two things. But uh, if you can get that feel, that experience, that that or that the that that kind of um, the seedlings to that mentality, I think that is. I think a lot of people, a lot of players, would appreciate that moment, and then would fall in love with the city again, or fall in love with the city and and want to play for the city. I I I did not come into this podcast thinking I'd say that about Cisneros, but. Name me another player that feels like he's playing for the city. I remember when he had the got his first hat trick. Um, they were talking about because he's on loan, and they were talking about you know if you want to you know what his plans were basically, you know what it looked like, you know what do you, what do you want to stay here after the loan, all that stuff. And he was very adamant about you know yes, yes, yes. Um, Almada, I don't know that he necessarily wants to stay here in Atlanta. Uh, Moreno, I, I, you could probably say the same thing. Adewuju, maybe the same thing. Mm-hmm. Y- you want these guys to have that same sort of. Even Dom Dwyer feels like he wants to play for this city. Well, yeah, and again, because it, he had a chip on his shoulder and something to yeah, prove. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like even Dom Dwyer feels like Caleb Wiley. You feel like he he has a bit of that. Again, Aiden McFadden, he has a bit of that. But you, you have to mix in Goodman. talent. I feel like what you're sure. saying oh, yeah, is yeah. we sure, want a bunch sure, of heart sure, on this sure. team. And for you sure. do, for but sure. not everybody can be like that. <laughs> for sure. 
you're going to end up with a team full of Rudy's if we, if we go this for sure. But no, no, no. I'm not saying you give up, you know, the talent there, but, um, but, but you got to shift your focus a little bit because right now just going after the best South American players is not working and it hasn't been working. Barco pity. It might've been working on paper financially, but it has not been working when it comes to um, the success and the feeling that uh, the feeling that this club is uh, what, what, what's the phrasing. It doesn't feel like this club belongs to the fans. And that's a weird way of saying that's a weird way to, to, to kind of picture Atlanta United when it comes to what, especially when with the MLS structure, but in 2017, 2018, it felt like I belonged to the fans. It felt like the fan base was right there, hand in hand with the front office, ex- you know, going through this experience. And it doesn't feel like that anymore. Well, I also think that was a little bit of a marketing play because sure. when you're first yeah, yeah, yeah. starting and you don't have, I mean, look, Joseph, Tito, those guys definitely got name recognition as you kept going. But when you don't have star power to push it first, you got to think of something. And what better thing to do than to put a mirror right in front of the fans and be like, this is all about you. So, yes, I do agree that they did a good job with that. But I also think that, you know, now you're never going to see those kind of those kind of pushes again because they don't need it. Yeah. Do you think Pineda? So this is another question that I got, that we that I saw a lot. Pineda being out of the job after this year. And I think that's well, I mean, what do you get? What do you think? It's unfair because, you know, you, we're, we're totally unfair. You can't do this. You can't just keep firing. <laughs> yes, coaches. You cannot. You like, cannot. I'm sorry if you don't feel like one's working out. You know, it is what it is. But the Pineda situation is entirely different from DeBoer, way different from Gabriel Heinze. Um, You're still a very attacking-minded team. You're still yes. actually doing a pretty good job creating we opportunities. We need to for go yourself? over the injuries again. Again, like, I, I'm yeah. not trying to make an excuse, but it, it 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 is because ultimately that's what I'm doing. But just look at how many players this team has lost, and for how long a chunks of time he has not been able to get team chemistry going at all because the same players aren't able to play with each other, get an understanding of each other. It's just, it's just been such a revolving door that there's no consistency. So as much as I hate to say this, because as a fan, you know, you want your team to be good and, and try to be good and, and push forward and, 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 you know, not have any periods of rebuilding or whatever, because that sucks as a fan and just go ahead and say it. But, you know, this, this guy hasn't, this is, this season's a wash essentially because of what's happened. And like, I hate to say that, but ultimately we just haven't gotten a or he has not been given a fair you know real honest fair chance because of the circumstances that have presented themselves i yeah 100 percent agree i i don't think that I, for one i think i think Pineda's probably here for a good a good bit i don't know how many years but i would say at least three plus ne- oh i would say i mean i wouldn't give him that long of a leash i will say he's here three, at least sorry, through sorry, next three, season at least three total years um, because I, I just don't, I don't, yeah. I taking into account the injury situation, taking it into account the, the way the players themselves have not panned out the way maybe you'd like them. And it's, it's weird to say, because it's not like these players are not c- clearly performing. It's just the results just aren't there. I mean, this is Atlanta it's, United's it's, biggest look, issue. A, it has been, it's not the coaches because ultimately if the players were better and winning, then the coach stuff gets a micro- yeah. microscope taken off. It's the fact that this team has been very bad at talent acquisition for the last few years. They the, just the, aren't yeah. identifying yeah, yeah. the right players to bring into the club that will ultimately mesh and, you know, and I think that's the on right, the field. That's the right way to say it. The right players that they're all talented, but it's, it's whether right. the right type of talented player. Um, yeah, they're playing professional soccer, regardless yeah. of if it's MLS or not. These they're guys talented. are yeah. talented individuals. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I thought it. I thought it was incredibly unfair to think that uh, to 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 assume or to think or or oh, to, to keep to, it all on him. It's to, yeah, it's uh, it's not fair with all the injuries with with uh, with everything that's going on. I, even with the you know, I just I don't know what exactly you want him to do when there's you're so limited. You can make a case for Almada. You can make the starting Almada because I I think that was a big thing where you know why didn't he start Almada? Why didn't he start Joseph? I think the Joseph not starting Joseph. I think that's 
a perfectly reasonable thing to do. I think that there's nothing wrong with not starting Joseph until he has proven that he can kind of, he is, he is the dominant guy that he he is. And, and, and when I say proven, it's like in the moments that he does get on the field, which is most of the second half in, in the last two matches, he at least had two opportunities to score and he hasn't. Well, and it's I in think, those moments, yeah. he's got to capitalize to prove that. Yeah, I'm back. Um, I think Cisneros is, is the, at least right now, he's the guy that's, doing the most in terms of getting behind the getting behind defenders um and i mean i know people might hear that and be like what the hell are you watching but go watch these matches go watch the number of opportunities that cisneros is creating for himself the runs he's making he's got to finish them more yeah, he's got to finish them for sure he, it's, he's not perfect definitely not perfect um uh, but he is i think he is more he is helping his team a lot more than Joseph is right now as that kind of lone, uh, lone uh, striker up top. Now here's the difference, which if you want to start Joseph and Dom up top, that seems to be a good pairing up top with everything else going around in the midfield. If you want to start that way, I'm all for starting Joseph. I think, I think uh, Pineda saying that it's kind of tactical the way that, that he's playing Joseph and, and Cisneros right now uh, is, is probably a really good and honest explanation as to what's going on. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what more changes you can make to really like embolden this team. Well, it's funny you mentioned this because somebody was asking me this the other day. They're like, look, I understand, you know, Pineda is a coach and he has his own style or whatever, but at this juncture with all the injuries, the team has had and everything. Why don't you just throw the kitchen sink at it? Go for broke. You'll give up a lot of goals, but at least it'll be exciting. And that's what seemed to take pressure off the coach if you're playing exciting soccer. And I'm like, well, maybe from a fan perspective, but you know, the team doesn't give a crap about that. Like the, the, you know, people around the team, they just want to win and they just want to make money. Uh, But this is the issue with that. Well, obviously because a, it doesn't do anything for you development wise. Like, you know, you can say, all right, we're just going to, you know, throw as much as we can at it, drop back when you can, but play really forward and try to score some goals. That's not a style. That's a, uh, that's desperation. I think. And that's what like it would be at this point. I think from, you know, if Pineda wants to get fired after this season, maybe you just do that, but he's trying to build at least around the core of players that he thinks will be back. He's trying to instill the knowledge and, and the skills and whatever that he needs to, to get them to, you know, play the way he wants to going forward. So it is always going to be more of a long play because I don't think Pineda thinks he's going to get the ax after one season. So I think, you know, it's about development at this point. Um, again, it's tough in MLS because you think anybody can make the playoffs in any given season, but would it be worth it to, I don't know, not throw as much into going to the playoffs if admitting you're going to be a lot better next year as opposed to making the playoffs and getting bounced in one round? Yeah, I mean, look, we could go on for, uh, on about this for you know three hours, but we don't got that kind of time in the middle of a we work do not. day. I gotta get a haircut, man. Uh, <laughs> we will uh, look. Send us your thoughts, your concerns, um, what you agree, don't disagree with us on, and uh, and and we'll we're we're going to. I'm going to make an attempt. I'm going to make it do the best I can to uh, to let's try to get something going next week. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> schedules are, schedules are, schedules are busy. So, uh, can't, no promises, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, again, we are not, we are, I'm officially going to dub us the, a casual, a casual podcast. Whenever we have time, whenever we can get, uh, get together, we will, uh, we'll record something for you guys. Absolutely. And, uh, you'll get us shot. when you get us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll get us when you get us. Hopefully it's more, more frequently than, than, than you've been getting us lately. Um, hopefully you want us more frequently than you've been getting us lately, but, um, but yeah, uh, next match is against Chicago fire. I, I look, there's no reason to have high hopes. I think that, you know, <laughs> I don't really know what to expect here because I mean, I, I, I've not been watching Chicago fire. I know that essentially Atlanta and Chicago fire are pretty much even in terms of uh, standings and wins and, um, and whatnot. I think Chicago fire has one more win than Atlanta United does. And uh, let's just look improvements, incremental. Imp- well, you, you, it may be a little bit faster than just incremental, but 
you need points. So find any way to get points. I don't care how you do it. At this point, I'm watching these matches and thinking just just find a way. I don't care how pretty or ugly it looks. Just find a way. Um, because if you're going to, I, the funny thing is you can try, you can talk about making the playoffs, but you know, with the way this team looks right now, it's like eh, it's one and done situation. So that's what I'm saying. Why would you want to like, it, <laughs> it's a one and done know, situation anyway. So yeah, if you know what the outcome is going to be, but like, you, you, you know, you've got enough matches left in the season where you can, uh, you can make a run, you can start to get things together, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. There's a, there's a certain jolt that's needed in this team. There's a certain level of passion that's needed in this team. A certain level of uh, of uh, just desperation that I feel like this team does not want. Uh, doesn't doesn't feel. I feel like the fans feel it. I feel like there are certain players that do not feel it. That they don't feel that desperation that that, that the fans feel. And I th- I think that's not a great thing uh, as a fan. I think even as a player in the position you're in now, not, uh, ninth, 12th plate ninth would be fun right now. Nine, yeah. uh, 12th place right now in the East. I, I think that without that desperation, without that feeling of like every every point matters now, 21 games in, uh, you know, without that, without that feeling from some of the major pieces, I think that, uh, you know, that that's, what's got to change. You got to feel that desperation. You got to feel, you got to feel, Almada's got to feel like, okay, if I'm not successful here, no one's going to want me. Araujo's got to think the same way. Moreno's got to think the same way. Although I don't think Moreno has those, those kind of aspirations. But all these players that eventually want to make the move to the next level, if they don't start playing produ- productively at the MLS level, they're definitely not going to get looked at by anybody else or they shouldn't get looked at by anybody else. But Pity also got like, you know, a bajillion dollars. So, and he's making money. So, you know, Soccer finds a way, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. I go. We will see. Anything else from you, Sam, before we take off? No, man. Just, uh, you know, trying to hope that this team continues to somehow get better. And that not just the team. I mean, just the the surroundings around the team. You know, obviously a new president's going to be brought in. That's always going to be a, a fun search, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, the, you know, what's we'll... The... we'll What's the Carlos Carlos Bocanegra relationship look like with this new guy? That's going to be interesting. I'm so excited. Well, well that's the thing. So like, opera. Does, does this guy get carte blanche to bring in his? Uh, what if the guy they hire is like, well, I've already got a technical director. You know what I mean? Does that mean that Carlos, you know, gets reshuffled or gets the axe? You know, there's a lot of stuff to think about. We'll see. We'll see. All right, that is it for us. Until next That's time. the name of the episode, by the way. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you later, Lana. Later.